Hey everybody, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about all sorts of news topics, including my incredibly traumatic boat experience. Oh yeah? Yeah, it was very traumatizing, but we'll talk about that. But it was nowhere near the shit that happened in Hokkaido. We'll oh. talk about that. A bunch of people drowned in a tourist boat. Oh God. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the beginning of Golden Week Travels. You know, it's going to be that second wave, third wave, fourth wave. 20th wave whatever we're also going to talk about some fun stuff yeah like four things to consider when looking for an, an apartment in japan you know a lot about that yeah i know all about it now <laughs> also going to talk about the manga sales that are skyrocketing for the second year in a row we're also going to talk about a gigantic real life johnny five robot that's operated through vr roll that intro so Josh, now that we have this like intro talk over time, let's change the intro so that it's just Alex. Yeah. That's what he wanted. Yeah, we should do that. So you're the editor, so why don't you just make it all Alex? Just Alex, Alex. Oh, man. We missed April Fool's Day. That would have been perfect. Oh, dude, we should have done Day. that for April Fool's We didn't do anything on this channel for April Fool's because yeah. we were so focused on people of Kagoshima. Yeah. But we should next year we'll do something. No, we won't. No, we're not going to do anything next year for April Fool's. Promise. Hmm. But it's got, it, it can't just be visual because remember, people watch this on YouTube and they also listen to the podcast on Spotify and everything else. So that's true. We'd have to do something audio. Maybe we should do the whole episode in Japanese. That'd be really easy for Natsuki. Yeah, she'd enjoy that. Oh, wait. Can you guys hear it? It's like an announcement outside telling us probably something. Uh, it's a political thing. Right, well, I'm going to cut this part. Don't cut it. Leave it in there. These little fun things happen. Okay, so I just went to Tokyo. I went to Tokyo for a couple of days. Right, we'll talk about the, the boat thing in just a second. I went to Tokyo for a couple of days. And I was in uh, Shibuya. First thing, okay, so my Tokyo trip was amazing. Okay, not only did I eat all the junk food. Because if you're, if you're foreign and you're in Japan, your access to everyday junk food from America and like other countries is limited. What do we, what do we have in Kagoshima? We have McDonald's. McDonald's. Burger King, uh, which Kentucky is Fried really far away. Yeah. It's not real Kentucky Fried Chicken because they don't have mashed potatoes, which is fucking a sin. But I think the chicken tastes better. But whatever. So whatever. We have, we okay. have those three places. Okay. We have kind of a Wendy's, but it's like Wendy's Kitchen. No, no. It's called Wendy's First Kitchen. First Kitchen. Whatever the fuck that means. Yes. And then we also kind of have a subway, but it's fake subway. Oh, I hate Japanese subway. It's, it's total garbage. First of all, it's not a foot long. So the Japanese subway is garbage, okay? And on top of that, nobody knows how to use it. So when you're standing in line and they're trying to make your sandwich and everything, like everybody's confused. So it's just hot garbage. Well, I mean, the Japanese subways in Japan, they're just set sandwiches. They're not really like, yeah, it's yeah, like kind of customizable, but it's like you get the sandwich and it has like set vegetables and stuff like yeah, that in it. It's, it's, it's a lot more like pre-made. Yeah. So anyways, we have those. What we got, we can you used get in Tokyo? To, I think we have a Krispy Kreme or we used to We used to, to have. have one at uh, Amiu. Amiu Plaza. It's gone now, right? It's gone, I think. Yeah, that's just, that's. I don't know how anybody thought that was going to be a good idea in Japan. That stuff is too sweet for even Americans. Yeah, I can't, I can't eat that. It makes. I think the first time I ate it, because uh, we didn't get in Hawaii until maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. First time I ate it, like I actually threw up after. <laughs> Dude, like when you open the box, this little sound goes, diabetes. <laughs> like it is so i remember when Krispy cream like took off in the 90s and i was just like and i had one i just like i don't get it this is disgusting yeah, oh we recently got an egg and eye eggs and things oh eggs and things See, i always confuse these two so they're basically the same place they're I both from eggs and i is they're they're, they're they're basically the same thing they're All both right. from america one's from hawaii one's not from hawaii and they're basically the same thing so we just recently got that what else is there i think that's it 
Yeah. So what can you get in Tokyo? So I went to Tokyo and one of the first things that I went for was real Chinese food. Like the place that I went to was like, I had Peking duck and it was like, they were drawing the ducks next to the seats in the actual restaurant. And like everybody inside were Chinese and speaking Chinese. So, you know, it's the good shit. So I had that. It was amazing. Okay. Then uh, Taco Bell Shake Shack. I've never had Shake Shack. Oh, dude. They will, Shake Shack, you can get, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Shroom Shack or something like that. It's like a, it's a thing I posted on Instagram. Follow me guys. Mitch number four, P-R-E-S. Mitch for president, but number four, Mitch for Prez. Anyway, um, it's a, uh, it, you have the patty and then they have a portobello mushroom that they stuff with cheese and put batter on it and deep fry it. That sounds really good. So when you bite into it, not only do you get the cheeseburger, you get the cheese, but you get the portobello goodness. I love mushrooms. It's so good. You just like, and then on top of that, you get cheese fries where they just put that nasty, gross, like American cafeteria cheese. It's called, I think it's called cheese sauce because it's not actual cheese. And they just dump it on your French fries. It's amazing. It's so bad for you. Had that. Had Taco Bell. Have to have to talk about what else did I have? I don't remember. I just had a, oh, TGI Fridays. Oh, yeah, I forgot that they have that. In went to the Tokyo. one in Harajuku and they were so cool. I was like, hey, guys, because me and my friend were there and I was like, hey, guys, I need I because they were making us wait to go in because at COVID they were like um, the seating and everything was like, you know, um, like social distance and stuff like that. Right. And so they're like, so their capacity is reduced. Right. So there's people lining up and um, I was like, oh, my God, because it's right before I had to get on my plane to come back because it's like I was going Harajuku, then Haneda and then coming back. Right. And. The dude was so fucking awesome. Not only was the server, but the the wait waiter guy, both of them were fucking awesome because I was like, guys, I only have 30 minutes before I have to get on a train. And they were just like, put me straight in, took our order first, had our food out in like eight minutes. And I was just, I didn't even have time to drink my beer. And I was just like, thank you guys, you're so cool. And Why like, are you trying to go into a TGI Fridays? 30 minutes before your train well no it was it was some let's just say that somebody i was with took for fucking ever to get dressed okay i was like get dressed <laughs> and i don't want to get into details about my private life we'll do that later in the show but um i was just like get fucking dressed and anyway so we we got there kind of a little late and uh but it, it all worked out thank you so much Harajuku tgi fridays you guys are the best i usually go there on my way home to when i come back to kagoshima i just love that place I so. think that was the last, this is kind of random, but last place I ate at after working at my first Eikawa job in Tokyo. Like we had like a big party there. That's my like last thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good place. I mean, not only do they have like American food, they have American size food. And they also like, oh man, every time I go, even though I hate Budweiser, I think it's the worst beer in the world. I have to get one when I go there. It's just part of the experience. So I got a Budweiser and I was just like, I hate this as I was drinking I don't it. think I've ever had a Budweiser. I, I, like I mentioned this before, but I've never adulted in america you, so. you didn't adult in america yeah, so i've never had like american beers before yeah um i'm i'm comments might be a shit show on this but like i usually go home and i drink mexican beer <laughs> i don't know I, I like dos equis when i go home i don't i mean if when we were in college years we natty ice i think it's called natural ice is the actual name of it wasn't that natsuki's nickname maybe but anyway, Natty Ice is like the shit beer that's like the cheapest. It's like a dollar for like a 24 case. That's what all the college students would buy to do beer pong and stuff. Or Beirut, I've whatever you call it. I've never played beer pong before. Um, I missed out on that. That is a hotly life. debated thing um, thing uh, based on rules. Because every university has their own like accepted rules. and people. But what the kids are doing now, which is really smart. Because we were dumb as fuck. We would actually throw 
these ping pong balls that bounce around and get all over the floor and everybody's handling and everything. We'd actually throw them into the cups of beer and then drink the cups of beer. Now the kids are smart and they just have cups of water. And if it goes into the cup of water, then they drink their drink that they have on the side. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's it's not as risky anymore. They don't they don't pick up all the, you know, the herpes and stuff that we did. Yeah. You know. That's what's wrong with this generation. Not, no, I just, not I just, enough herpes. That's exactly what's wrong with this generation, Josh, is that not enough kids not are herpes. playing beer pong with disgusting <laughs> one of those ping pong balls. <laughs> anyway. But no, it was it was a great time and uh and the reason why I was talking about this is because uh this uh political car just drove by our studio here and it was blasting a message. The new thing in Shibuya is to get giant billboard trucks. Oh, that's not a new thing. No, 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 no. It always was a thing. Yeah. Okay. But they only had like, within your visual range, they'd have like one or maybe two. It wasn't 70% of all traffic like it is now. Like, Uh I couldn't believe how many sign trucks there were blasting music. Yeah, we have one in... Yeah, yeah, he's he cute. He's cute as fuck. Every time I see him, I'm like, come buddy. <laughs> but like, oh my God, when I was in Shibuya, I was like, I can't believe that this is like, because there's no noise ordinance, ordinance in Japan. Like you can be as loud as you can, you want to be. It's not illegal. Right. Anyway, so I get off the train. So I walk through the scramble, take my picture, walk through the scramble and immediately get approached by TV. And they're like, hey, we want to interview you. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm just doing my Tokyo life. I mean, immediately, it's just like foreigner with blonde hair. Let's get him on TV. And they're like tr- talking to me in broken English. They're like, where are you from? I'm like, Kagoshima. They're like, what do you mean you're from Kagoshima? I was like, oh, I speak Japanese, by the way. And I started speaking to them in Japanese. And they wanted to interview me about Mother's Day, which, okay, I don't really have a great relationship with mommy. I don't really talk to her anymore. But when I did, I didn't, she wasn't the type of person that participated in Mother's Day. So they're asking me all these like really deep questions about Mother's Day. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't have any idea what any of this stuff is. Like, like you don't, you never adulted in America. I never Mother's Dayed in America. And they're like, do you give chrysanthemums on Mother's Day? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea. I actually don't know. And I had, I had to Google it afterwards. They're like, is it the same day? I'm like, I think so. Yeah, I think it's the same day. Yeah, and I just remember today is my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. But we're, we're a day ahead, so... Okay, so you're still good. <laughs> yeah, I'm still good. Still good, okay. Yeah, but anyway, so I, I got interview, interviewed for TV. I gave them absolutely no uni- usable content. They probably thought I was a retard. Oh, shit, I'm oh. trying not to use the word. Mitch. Oh, okay, they, all right, let's money, try. Let's money. Start. I, need a, the... I need a jar. I need yeah. a jar. All right, let's rewind. Okay. They probably thought I was a moron. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, they, they probably thought I was a moron. And then they, when it, when they like, I had to fill out a form to get like a release form. It's like, what's your job? And like, even though I answered none of their questions with any good information, I'm like, CEO. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so stupid. But anyway, it was it was fun. And I, and I did that before, you know, Golden Week. So I beat the rush. Yeah, welcome back. It's Where, fine. Where's my omiyage? Um, oh, it's at the school. I got you guys Tokyo Bananas, but I think I just threw it to school and it's in the back now. Oh, okay. No one likes Tokyo Bananas. I don't... Yeah, it's one of those omiyage that you just get when you go to Tokyo. Yeah. I got uh, Kuma, my favorite bartender. If you guys ever come to Kagoshima, please go to Hanukuma Te. It's my favorite bar. I'm there all the time. Um, it's like Cheers. It's like my Cheers, but there's no seats. <laughs> anyway, um, so I got him, you know, the Hachiko. Yep. The Shibuya Crossing famous dog. Yep. If you guys don't know the story, basically there was a guy who went, rode to the train to go to work at the Shibuya station every, every day and his dog would come and wait for him when he'd come home every day. 
it's kind of sad stories. It's going to bring us down. And anyway, there, when, there are a couple movies on it. Yeah. I and think when, everybody knows. And when the dude passed away, the dog kept coming to the station waiting for him. He never came. It's like that fucking future drama yeah. scene. Oh my God. The I hate that scene. Outside, yeah. I fucking hate that scene. Yeah. I really liked future drama. It was kind of sad though. Yeah. Anyway, I don't remember. Okay. So, so anyway, so there's a, there's a statue of that dog there famously. And I was in Don Quixote, which is like a, what do you, would you call it? Like an everything store? It's like a Walmart that instead of it being horizontal, it's vertical. Hmm. But I was in the mega Don Quixote. So it's horizontal. Which, and by vertical? the way, GPS does not work in Shibuya. There's too many buildings. It just doesn't work. Like, I'm like trying to find shit. And it's like, you're here. I'm like, I am not there. Like, what is wrong with you? Anyway. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a uh, mega Don Quixote is exactly what you said. It's like a, it's like a Walmart with like three Walmart stacked. Uh, eight. It was no nine stories tall. And anyway, and I found a shirt there. It had Hachiko on it, and it's like, I forgot, it's like, Nani o mitteru yaro, or something like that. It's like, what are you looking at, you asshole? It's like what yeah. it says at the, at the bottom, and I gave that to the Kuma. Like, Such a random shirt. Love it, love it. I always have to buy my favorite uh, bartender. I'll put the, put the picture in the, in the video podcast, please. Um, I, I always have to put, uh, I have to give Kuma something funny, because like, he's like, I always have to, I have so many pictures of that man. I have like a thousand pictures of him. Like my favorite bartender. Anyway, let's talk about the horrifying thing that happened to both of us yesterday. Okay. Yours was horrifying for a different reason. Yeah. Let's let's do you first. Okay. Well, yesterday was the first. Uh, what's the word? Inaugural. What's the word for the was first? it? Was it the first? It yeah, was... yeah. It's the first of this event. It's not a continuation of the summer night. No, no, no. It's a completely different thing. It's not because that. Some, okay, so just, it's the first ever. Uh, okay, so. Just to clarify, we used to have this uh, yearly fireworks show in Kagoshima called Summer Night, where like we would all dress up in yukata, yukata and watch fireworks or whatever. Yeah, actually, but, I was I was sorry. I'm gonna bring us down for a second. I, the last time that I ever went to a fireworks show pre-pandemic was actually with the ex, and I was thinking about that while watching the fireworks, and it kind of was sad. Sad. Okay, it was well, sad. We'll, was we'll sad. get to your sad moment later. Yeah, but, but sorry. But so this is a completely unrelated fireworks show yeah. that uh, I think it was someone from Tokyo came to Kagoshima saw Sakurajima from Marine Port, which is like this man-made island that's connected by a bridge to Kagoshima. Right? Yeah, and he thought it would be amazing to have fireworks going off in front of uh, Sakurajima, which was uh, the idea for this fireworks show. I don't know the name of it. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so basically, they uh, summer night was a free event, but he made this big event where they sold, I think, like twelve thousand seats or something. Yeah, tickets, right? Yeah, tickets, and it they sold like picnic uh, sheets, and everyone had assigned seating and stuff like that, and buses going in, bring people in, and so they had like I think eleven thousand people total, and it was the biggest fireworks show that Kagoshima has ever had, and it, it uh, what do you call it? it went along to the music so it was like like exploding on beat and stuff like that yeah. and it was honestly the best fireworks show i'd ever seen now you you were there for work you were there yeah. to film it yeah i was there to film it uh my first time filming fireworks so i was a little nervous about that but i think it turned out pretty good well you had an hour to get it right yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> that's true then like just filming the other things like the food and stuff like that and it was a cool event and it was really fun uh until the end when Everybody. You, you, you have video footage of this. So. Yeah, I do have video footage of it. I'll put it in, but what do you call it? They had a bus service, but all the tickets sold out for the bus service. Wait, how does that... Wouldn't they have the same amount of buses that they have for people? No, because most of the people walked in. 
and they did not have enough buses for all the people. They, oh, so it was about like five percent of all the all the people, I think. So the tickets sold were for like one section, but then they had like a, another section for just like free people walking in. They charged, I think, like twenty dollars one way for a uh, for a bus to go across the bridge, and that's all it did was drive across the bridge and it cost 20 bucks so like both ways cost about 40 bucks so if you didn't pay that you just walked it was yeah. free yeah it was free oh okay so that's what 95 percent of people, the people just walked did, which was okay when the event started uh i think like one o'clock and then the actual fireworks were at seven o'clock so you had all this time so you had six hours to go across yeah. but then as soon as the fireworks and uh show ended and they're like all right everybody get out yeah and they didn't even turn the lights on and everyone's just like struggling in the dark why didn't they turn the lights on? I don't know. On? It was just like really dark. And then like we're all going. I got all my camera equipment. I'm like, all right, time to go. And then we get to the bridge and it's just like a sea of people being pushed together. And we weren't allowed to uh, walk on the road part of it. So there's like a small sidewalk that can fit like maybe three people at a time. And they were having people cross on that. And like a walk that took five minutes uh takes five minutes normally five yeah we've done that walk to film stuff before yeah it takes about five maybe ten minutes i was there for over an hour just in a crowd of people and the only reason why i i actually was one of the earlier people that got out because they opened up the road to walking once all the buses were done yeah and like <laughs> like they're like all right everybody please walk and then like everybody in front of me just started running so i was like i guess i'm running too i'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm running with my camera equipment with the uh, video looks like a zombie apocalypse no i it seriously felt like that like the scene where everyone's trying to get onto the helicopter and they're like we don't have enough helicopters and then like people start like trying to climb on the yeah helicopter. yeah that's how it felt like people were pushed in and then they were like like we all ran up ahead onto and we're on the roadside yeah. and then they were like the police officers on the other end were like oh we don't know why we opened up to the ro roadway we can't actually let you guys go so everybody who's on the road you're gonna have to wait until we clear everybody that's on the sidewalk so i was just like oh, i'm gonna climb over the wall and go onto the sidewalk and i just like got out of there but like it Talk was about it was dysfunction crazy. yeah like the police officers in the front and the police officers in the back were on completely different pages like people were actually collapsing like in front of me i saw two different people collapse and they had to get like ambulances driving in which slowed everything down even more like so long story short if you're gonna put twelve thousand people on a tiny man-made well, island well, let's put a let's put a google maps of this in the youtube video so you can see it because it yeah. is it is so logistically obvious yeah that that's the choke point yeah <laughs> like if you're gonna put twelve thousand people on an island do not have only one way out and if you do ha just have keep, like, just have no buses just have everybody walk on the street that or just have buses going the entire time and have it be free because like the buses went for like 10 minutes and yeah. then they were done oh. and then like we were walking for an hour and it was seriously like standing still for about 10 minutes taking two steps forward and then stopping again yeah until that's... until the police officer said please walk and everybody just ran so in that situation i i mean i didn't check the news today but i'm pro probably sure there's injuries and things like that because yeah. anytime that that kind of happens like there is happened in a, the the concert in america famously uh recently you get this, it's called crush. Yeah. Where, you know, people just keep pushing from behind and then the people in the front, because the way that you breathe is that you're, you, you actually just like relax your chest and then like air flows in. Well, if you're so pressed up against another person, that can happen. You can actually suffocate and go into cardiac arrest. Well, like, yeah, like when the ambulance uh, had to drive by, yeah. they were like, okay, everybody who's on the road, 
we're gonna need you to just press up into about one tenth of the space and then like people are yelling at like the officer saying like it's impossible like you're crushing us and that's what was happening they were just like shoving us into the walls man that just sounds it like was a, terrible <laughs> that sounds like a horrible stupid thing so how was your uh your ending so mine was mine was a lot more peaceful but a lot uh, very terrifying okay so i i went to the same exact event um but i went on a boat uh and it was a boat full of adults who were all drunk not me i was that's that's, that's my role was to operate the boat okay so there's all these adults and they're drunk as fuck and they're enjoying the show because we because the dolphin port and uh, not dolphin port uh, marine yeah. port is on the ocean so you can actually get a boat close to it. Um, but so that okay so that was kind of interesting because like so there's the Japanese coast guard who's like patrolling and there's all these boats out that like have like formed a like a, a barricade don't come past this point right. But it's hard to tell in because we went out at, like when the sun was setting a little bit so it was hard to tell. And so, like, all the information that they were giving us were on the actual Coast Guard boats on LED, like, scrolling text screens. Oh, yeah. But they were so small that the whole of the boat, all of 10 of us or 11 of us were, like, on one side squinting and looking at the boat trying to figure out what it says. And it just says, don't moor past this point. But, like, it took us forever to figure that out. Anyway, so that was... And then also the Coast Guard, one of the Coast Guard ships was just, like, following me. And this is not my boat. This is my friend's boat. But he wanted a drink, so I was driving, right? And so, like, I've never been pulled over at sea before. So that was, like, I was worried about that. And everybody's drunk, right? So, but that didn't happen. So thank God. So then we, we moor, we, we anchor. And it was kind of peaceful for a little bit. But then, uh, then you know, it's like, oh, and there's tons of other boats out there, obviously, because it's a fireworks show, right? And then <clears throat> we up anchor when the, when the show is done. And I've never experienced this before either. I've, this is the first time for two things for me. One, operating a boat at night, which I've never done before, which is really fucking dangerous. Because you can't see anything. You can't see the water. You can't see if there's obstacles in the water. Like, for example, in Kinko Bay, where we live, uh, there's there's permanent... They're not permanent. They actually move sometimes. But there's, like, fishing farms that are oh, giant yeah. nets in the ground. That like the buoys, right? There's no buoys. Oh, really? If there's buoys, they're only about 20 to 30 centimeters tall. You can barely see them in the daytime. And we had to take note of where they were on a map so I didn't run over them on the way back. Okay, so that was fucking terrifying, one. And then, two, you can't see the waves. So, you know, when, when a boat makes a wave, like a wake, okay, um, you don't want the wake to hit your boat on the side because it'll roll your boat over. So what you do is, as you're driving around in the ocean, if you see a wave coming at you, 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 pitch your, you, you, you move your boat to hit it from the front. You want to go up like a surfboard. Think about yourself on a surfboard. If a, if a wave hits you from the side, you're just going to fall off. But if you if you hit the wave from the front, that's that's good because that's what you want to do. But you can't do that at night because you have no you can't see shit. You can't see anything. Um, so that's terrifying. And then this boat is way larger. The, the boat that I'm driving is way larger than any boat that I've ever really. I mean, I've I've operated it before, but it's not the boat that I'm used to. And finally. When the show is over, everybody up anchored and everybody went home at the same time. So it was a giant boat traffic jam at sea with millions of wakes. And its visibility is very, very low. You can't really see the boats because it's pitch black. And some of these boats are old and their lights are kind of dim. So you can't really see them. Oh my God, it was fucking terrifying. And, and you're supposed to, in all of those conditions, you're supposed to go really slow. We're talking like five knots. But there were some asshole fuckers out there who were doing like full speed ahead, making giant wakes, fucking with everybody. Oh my God. And, it, and, and because it, we're going so slowly, 
It took like 35 minutes to get back. I took a picture of it. We'll put it in the show. You can't see anything. And I was just like, and the, uh, I'm responsible for these 10 human beings, right? And I'm just like, I hope we don't die. And I'm, I'm sweating the entire time that I'm, I'm operating this boat. It was, I don't ever want to do that again. I came back and immediately got drunk from, I was just like, fuck that shit. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. I do, it, anyway, but so if I ever do that again, what I'll do is, I'll wait until the show is done and then wait another 20 minutes and then up anchor and go back. Because if you get in the mesh of it, it's like, have you, have you ever thought about that? Like we, every time we've ever gone out in the ocean, there's no other boats around us, right? Because that's, that's what you do. The, the law for av avoiding collisions at sea, I think is what it's called, tells you stay the fuck away from other boats. It's basically, that's the law. I mean, like you go to boating school to learn two things. One, stop and turn right. If you ever see a boat, that's all you have to do. Stop and turn right. And then two, stay away from everything else that moves. But like you can't see anything, and then as we were going, one of the guys says, "There's a there's a boat off your off the side of our boat," and I look over and there's this giant fucking tanker coming in at full speed, and I like oh it was, oh my god it was just how was the uh, actual show from the boat though? It was great. It was really good because the the thing that sucked about it is there's no music for us. Oh really? Yeah, because like. Oh, uh, so you couldn't hear any of the. Music. I think all the music was pointed at you guys, I so see. not at us. So we could we could barely hear it. Uh, that was one problem. And another problem was that, um, and I, I didn't, I need to, I want to ask you about this. Like, where were the fireworks that looked like they were shooting at the ground going? I think those were just lights that were flashing. Mm. I have video of it. Like, the, the firework would go up and over and just, like, oh, yeah, explode yeah, yeah. and hit the ground. Yeah. Oh, the ones that were, like, doing, like, a small arc? Yeah, where, where were, those? were those? I I don't know. Were they shooting over the crowd? No, 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 no. It was, like, far away from us. Because we kept thinking, like, those are mistakes. Because, like, literally, like, they were, like, horizontal to the ground. They were barely yeah, going yeah, up. Yeah. But, no, it was, like, over the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I thought, I'm like, I was thinking more about you. Like, I wonder if those fireworks are going to, like, take out Mitch. No, 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 because we, again, they, they barricaded us. They didn't oh. let us go up there. And you know, with their little LED scrolling signs that were fucking useless. But Yeah. You're talking about the ones that were during the Billie Eilish song, right? Oh, wait, you didn't hear the music. We couldn't hear the yeah. music. That that one part of the show was really bad, I thought, because like all the other uh, songs were really good with like on time with the music and like a ton of fireworks. It was really cool. And then the Billie Eilish one was like, dun 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 dun. dun. So yeah. like it's like every ten seconds there was like one firework, and we're just like, what's happening? Did you feel? I mean, you were like under the fireworks, but like, did you feel that the firework sizes were smaller than we're used to in Japan and Asia? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of fireworks in Japan. Okay, but I did feel like some of them were really big. Like I, I couldn't. I couldn't shoot the yeah, there entire were, There show. were a couple of them that were really, really big, but there were a couple of them that I was, there, there were a lot because it was an hour long yeah. right, show. I just remember thinking like, this is not, there's another fireworks show here called Kibarankai. It's in uh, Makurazaki. And they're famous for having uh, a mock display of their giant firework that they shoot off at the end every time. This, this firework is like bigger than a VW Beetle. Really? And it looks like an onion. It just looks like a giant onion. And I'm like, I don't understand how this flies in the air. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I, yeah. I did see uh, some of the fireworks before they got shot off, though, because I went to the interview for the... Uh, yeah. For, but it was only about, like... No, nor, nor, normal fireworks about this big around, right? Yeah. How, about, big, how big is that? About, like, a like a manhole cover. Yeah. Right? Or about, smaller. About that size. Yeah. No, no, no. The one at Kibon Ankai, they, they have, like, a special boat, because they shoot it off the ocean. It's all over the ocean. And they have this special boat. They, I don't know how it works. Some, some sort of cannon or something. 
And like when that thing blows up and, and lights up the entire sky, you're just like, your brain breaks. You're like, holy shit. And so, that's the last firework of every show that they do. I feel like this show was probably more about like the number of fireworks. Yeah. Because especially the, the last song, uh, the finale for the last song, just like there were like a thousand fireworks going off at once. The, the drunk people on, the, on my ship kept saying, uh, more water, more water, more water. And it just kept going. Yeah. It just kept going and going and going. But anyway, I mean, it was it's it was an interesting concept, but execution wise, one, I'm never going out on a boat at night. Fucking, that was scary. I I mailed Norm from Tokyo Lens. I was like, dude, you don't ever operate a boat at night. He's like, that sounds terrifying. I'm like, it was totally terrifying. Um, and two, maybe they should figure out their logistics for shipping people over that tiny little choke point yeah, bridge. I think like the bus idea wasn't a bad idea, mm. but they just like. They underestimated how many buses they needed because, like, I got uh, tickets for my fiance and her friend like the night before. Yeah. So we looked at buses online and it was already sold out. Mm. But then, like, the buses only went for like five minutes. Yeah. So I mean, that doesn't. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense. Anyway, let's get to the news. Speaking of, sorry, one more thing I want to talk about really yeah. quick is uh, what we did earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, today we had our first live. AMA with our patrons, our patron sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Our Q and A was it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, we had uh, two of you guys, uh, Yan and Jen. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us. It was a lot of fun finally being able to talk to you guys and kind of like see who our fans are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if yeah, if you guys want to join us on our Discord server, or you know, sometimes we do AMA, sometimes we do special videos and stuff like that. Uh, join our patron. A link in the description. I'm guessing that's your job. Yep. <laughs> All right, I didn't, but it was fun. It was actually I like I looked up because like we had a we had it scheduled for about an hour, and then we had like a recording thing that we had to do after that. Immediately after. Immediately afterwards, but then I was like, oh, we're not going to talk for an hour, and then I look up, I'm like, oh my god, we've been talking for 55 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was that much fun. Like yeah. the time just passed. Anyway, okay, <clears throat> so let's talk about this Hokkaido thing. So this is kind of annoying to me. Okay, so there's there was a Hokkaido tour ship, and I forgot the exact number of people, and I think it was 26. Something I'll find it, but um, this 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 uh, boat—it's a tour boat—and it had people from all over Japan on it, and it went out during really bad weather. The way the waves were up to three meters. So here's something that you learn in boat school: two things. One, nayamu nara ikanaide. It means if you're thinking, should I go out today? Then don't fucking go out. Like that's that's the rule. So if even if you have to think about it, if if it comes up as a question like today might be dangerous, don't go out. We have the same rule in the, the kitchen. You're like, is this still good? If you're not sure, then just throw it like, out. Just yeah. throw it out. That's, my, that's how I do all of my food because like, I always think about it like a risk versus reward. Yeah. Like, okay, is this chicken good or do I want to spend a day on the toilet? I'm like, yeah. $3 is not enough to pay for my whole day on the toilet. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> but this is a little bit more important than that. Um, and so this, so this guy was like, the captain was like, maybe he didn't want to go out. I don't think that the, it had 26 people aboard. The captain didn't want to go out, but the Shacho, the CEO of the company said, go. And it had three meter waves. Now, here's something that you learn in boat school. If you have three meter waves, you don't have three meter waves. You actually have six meter waves. And the reason, because the top, the, you, when you measure a wave, it measures from the, the level line of the ocean to the top of the wave. That's three meters. But what happens is when a wave comes up, there's also a dip behind it that goes down about the same size as the wave. 
So between the peak and the and the lowest point is about six meters on a three meter wave ocean. So if you think about six meters, that's a that's like what a two story building. Yeah, I think close. Right, because like our studio is three meters tall. Okay, so there'd be two of these. Yeah. Okay. So if you think about a wave from the bottom of your from the bottom of the water to the top of the water being a two story building, and you take a fucking tour boat out there, you're not going to see shit. You yeah. won't be able to see anything. Okay. And so this is this is up in Hokkaido, so it's still really cold up there. That was one problem. Another problem is apparently I don't know this is hearsay, but it, apparently all the passengers had life preserver jackets on and just what we're talking about the apparently the boat rolled Mm. if you are in a boat and it's you're in the inside and it rolls and water comes in you float up if you have a life preserver jacket on and you can't get out oh god that's terrifying right so now i don't remember the law on this but in school, they taught you if you're interior on a sh- on a boat, you might want to not have your life jacket on, but you're, you're required to to have it on at all times uh, on smaller boats. But if you're in the interior of a boat, like remember, like if we're on like a big boat, like a ferry or something like that, we don't need it, right? So there's like there's like it, it depends on the size of the boat, and there's all these little rules and everything. But one of my uh, like scuba diving professional friends who does it for a living, he said never never wear uh, life preserver inside a boat like that in, in bad weather cases because you won't be able to get out so and so that might have what happened anyway so it seems like everybody on on board died and um they're just finding their bodies basically yeah like they immediately found 13 or so of them i forgot what the exact number and then but japanese news doesn't say that they're dead it just says i forgot the exact word what they say but it's like it's like they're oh i don't remember what they say but it's like there's a, there's a word for it. it 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 means that they're dead but they haven't confirmed it or they haven't told the family yet but yeah and so that the the chat show we should also put this in there cuz i think i uh, have the video of it it's on twitter or something like that the chat show does we we make fun of this but this is a life and death situation so this is not funny but the chat show comes up on the news says he's sorry and i will make make sure everything's okay or i, I you know for all the terrible things that i've done to your families blah 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 comes out bows and then dogezas dogezas where you go full prong on the floor hands and, and knees on the ground and then you know dogezas and then while all the, the, the cameras are taking you know flashes and stuff like that and like and i and i want to say i i understand i understand that they're in the tourism tourism industry it's been really hard the last two years and so like probably they've been in the red they might be like a zombie company where they're just surviving on loans and 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 whole joking, which is what is that in English? Um, government support. Uh, that might be the case, you know. And so I could understand the shot show saying, "Hey, just do whatever you can do to make money." But in this particular case, this is not you know a fucking ice cream shop. This is a life and death situation. And having just gone to boating school, not even a, a year ago, like this is utterly irresponsible. And so, yeah. He said he apologized for wrong judgment. I think he's, I think they might be going to jail. I think there's jail sentences in this. Anyway, Kazu One was the name of the ship. What do you What do you think about this? Well, I mean, I can kind of understand part of how he probably felt like he wants to do whatever he can to save his company. But like you said, when it comes to things that are life and death, that you can actually end up killing somebody then why take a chance like because that will not just because like it's uh you're endangering your customers but also if you do end up 
like accidentally killing a uh, a person, then that's going to ruin your company even more than like what do you call it? Potentially going bankrupt will. So here we go. L listen, here we go. So a captain of another tourist boat operator in the area said that the missing boat skipper, so that he's probably dead because you know been days, uh, was often complaining about the president's coercive attitude. He says, "I have to go because I was told." The captain told told, told this person is saying. So this is just asking for it. I mean, this is asking for it. When you, again, they tell you in school, Nayamunata ikuna. It's like if you are thinking about maybe today's not a good day to go out. You and I went out on a we felt was a good day. Yeah. We're like today's going to be good weather. It's going to be totally fine. It wasn't, right? And afterwards, like you know, it it's it was a little windy, but the waves weren't so bad. But then the waves started to pick up and that's when I was like we need to go back. Like we need to get off the ocean. And that was actually pretty mild. Mm. I mean, that was like one meter waves. Yeah, I mean, like, granted, our boat was tiny. Yeah, it's it's basically a surfboard with an engine mounted on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that that's that's all over the news, and it's just like, oh man, I just I I cannot understand that captain's attitude. Continuing with the travel news, um, so the this headline is travelers crowd trains airports as Japan Golden Week holiday begins. Woohoo! Golden Week. Golden Week. So they got some interviews in here. It says. Uh, so here's one interview. We, we'd like to support the local tourism while preventing infections, said this person, a 49-year-old woman in Okinawa prefecture, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's like, it's been a long time since I've been to an air... That was actually the other thing. When I went to the airport to go to Tokyo, I was like, I, was, I forgot how to airport. Yeah, I haven't been to an airport in three years. I was like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> and I had just gone to Tokyo like six months ago or something, but it's, like, it's so infrequent now. Anyway, I was worried that I wouldn't, here's another interview. I was worried that I, was, I wouldn't be able to return to my hometown for the holidays, the, uh, the, but the services resumed soon after, sooner than I expected, this 36-year-old said before going to Fukushima Prefecture to see his family. Man, I, would, I would like to travel. I mean, not during Golden Week, but I would love to get out of Kagoshima a little bit. If you guys are hearing this, this is an ambulance. Yeah. This is what ambulances sound like in Japan, if you didn't know. I mean, I live next to a... I, I can't even hear these anymore. I live next to a hospital. I don't... I just, it just gets deleted from my brain. Well, uh... Like error corrected. My new apartment? No. <clears throat> more than the ambulances, it's the... What do you call it? The, the bikers. Bosozoku. They are crazy loud in front of my apartment uh, over the weekends at, like, midnight. Oh uh, yeah, they they like to go down that street to Temon Khan, yeah, to downtown area, and then like do a circle, and then go back to Sangolsan, which is Route Three in English, and they just this is a, you're right there. Yep, you're right there. So and there's a there's a traffic light like right in front of my house. Oh, so sorry. they'll stop. Sorry guys, if you guys know what we're talking about, Bolsozoku is uh. So we were talking about earlier in the show that there's no noise ordinance laws in Japan. Well, there is, but there isn't. And these guys they get bikes and they remove the mufflers and then they modify them so they're ridiculous they look like power ranger bikes have you ever seen power ranger bikes <laughs> they basically look like that and these are like the bad boys of japan so they run or they ride around just like revving the throttle on their unmufflered <laughs> engine <laughs> yeah and it's really and they go really slowly while they're doing this yeah. to annoy everybody they yeah. they don't abide by any traffic laws whatsoever uh, I think there's a documentary on these guys on Netflix or something like that about the female version of this these gang guys. They're basically gang guys. Um, and uh, they run from police. They don't have like little license plates when they're supposed to. They're just nuisance. There was one that was so loud the other day that it was like literally shaking things in our apartment. 
it was but it was so ridiculous that we just started laughing it was crazy loud so in america i don't know if they still do it but when i was living in reno uh don't recommend that if any of you guys are from reno i'm sorry but i don't recommend Reno. actually there is a good cheeseburger there it's called the awful awful anyway um there's this event called rolling thunder i don't know if they still do it but like it's where all the harley dr drivers riders from the whole country like gather in one area Dumbest thing in the world, loudest thing in the world. It is literally like the Japanese, like Bolsozoku is more of a high pitch. In the Rolling Thunder thing, it's like just loud farting noises and like rumble. It's just not quiet for like a week. It's horrible. Anyway, I don't know why anybody wants to be loud. Anyways, talking about my new apartment, uh, here are four things to consider when looking for an apartment in Japan. Uh, I would add, uh, I would recommend going to your apartment at nighttime and see how loud it is before you move in. I wish I did that. Well, you probably have your windows open because of nice weather right now, right? Uh, no, it's even when it's close. Like, it's, it's not that bad all the time. Like, most, times, most of the uh, time, it's fine. It's just like once a week, it's really loud. My apartment is totally fine, except for the ambulances. And except sometimes this fucking yaki emo guy oh yeah yeah comes to my house i don't know why he it's there's like four delivery services in japan that are kind of weird it's yakimo saodakeya uh and then there's what are the other ones uh there's a sakanaya and then there's one more there's a tofu one. tofu that's what yeah. it is tofu and they're basically trucks think about ice cream trucks but so they, they don't sell like sweet potatoes, tofu, fish, and and then saodakeya is it's it's exactly what it says it means only rods <laughs> It's what it means. Who wants some rods? And now this makes no sense until I explain it to you. But the, all they do is they sell the long extendable poles that you put on your balcony to hang clothing on. Now you'd think, why the fuck would anybody need this service? And the reason is very simple. In Tokyo and larger areas, you can't buy those and then take them on the train. Because they're like three meters or two meters long. So you can't take them on the train. Okay. So you have to have them. This is This is... Before the internet, okay? So you had to have them shipped to you. So these guys would just like drive around, Saodakeya, and they'd say that. And then you'd be like, oh, I need one for my new apartment. And then just buy it from this truck that has a bunch of pipes in it, I guess. Well, rods. What do you call that? It's like a laundry drying rod. I don't know what you call it. I that. guess. I mean, like, I feel like in America, people hang their clothes on a clothes line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but in Japan, it's like on a rod. Yeah. So anyway, and then those guys would not only like, give you a new one they'd also take your old one if you needed to get rid of it and stuff like that okay. and then it's called saodake ya ya means store even though they're a, a car um but anyway the the yakimo guy would park right in front of my fucking house and it's like this old spooky woman's uh, by the way the sounds that these these make they're all like the same across the country and so it's like this old spooky woman going yakimo yeah it is the first time i heard it i was like what the hell is that yeah and it just it sounds like a ghost and like a crazy japanese old woman ghost and the dude just sits in front of my i went out and stared at him one day i was like what the fuck are you doing right in front of my why are you here you could be anywhere why here <laughs> anyway sorry continue with your, your apartment so this article was written by somebody who spoke with multiple real estate agents, including foreign real, uh, realtors working at Japanese companies. And after you're taking all the advice into account, here are four key components that can make finding an apartment in Japan a pretty complicated and tiresome experience. Okay. Number one is language. <clears throat> Obviously, in Japan, they speak Japanese. Yeah. 
And uh, even if you find a realtor that speaks English, uh, a lot of, what do you call it, homeowners, uh, they might just flat out refuse renting to you if you don't speak Japanese. So in, in other countries, there's like laws governing housing. Right. So for example, in New York, there's, there's rent control. Yeah. Um, and in America, there's like the anti-discrimination laws. You know, you can't be like, oh, this this apartment is available to anybody unless you are a woman or something like that, right? You can't right. do that in America. It's illegal. But in Japan, they don't have that. Yeah. So it, it does happen sometimes where they say like, it, if you're a foreigner, then like they're not going to rent to you. Or if if you don't understand, in this case, if you don't understand yeah. the language, if the if the 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 property owner can't directly talk to you, then they don't want, although they don't, they rarely ever talk to you. It's always yeah, usually you talking to your, your realtor. Yeah. I, even that, even that though, like I've spoken to my, uh, my old apartment. I only spoke to my realtor once in the five years that I lived there. Yeah. I'll, I have a hot take about my realtor in a minute when we're done with this, but. All right. The second thing is your name. And while that sounds a little weird, uh, the main thing, the main takeaway from this is that in uh, many Western countries we have middle names which is not a thing in japan yep. so when you like show your identification sometimes people get confused like oh is your middle name your first name because they put their family name uh first right so then it's like for me it'd be morinaga joshua kenzo and they're like, oh is kenzo your first name or your last name and then I don't know. For some reason, that causes a lot of trouble. This this has a lot of uh, problems. This is they're fixing this. Uh, this has gotten a lot better in the 15, 16 years here I've been here. But uh, my first bank account, you have this thing called Shucho. It's like a little like bank, bank book. book. Okay, and so whatever name is printed on that is your name. Mm -hmm. And historically speaking, they only had room for six kanji because the maximum amount of kanji that most Japanese people have is three per or name. Three per name, and rarely ever did they have six in total. Right. Um, and so, so it's, that's it. So my name was printed in this smaller space that they were supposed to, for Japanese people. And I think they got Mitchell Roy, like <laughs> my name is Mitchell Roy Stapleton. And they got to Mitchell R.O. And that was the end of the page, the end of the book. And so that was my official name to my bank the entire time I was using them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, that does happen though. Like in a lot of, uh, <clears throat> official forms and stuff like that. They have the boxes already like three, three boxes. They're yeah. like fit, fit your name. I'm like M I T. S T A done. <laughs> Mitzah. <laughs> I'm the Mitzah. <laughs> so yeah, your name might be something that can cause some trouble if you, especially have a longer name, especially if like one of our staff has, I think, six names in total. Oh my God! Yes, you know who you are if you're watching this. You cause so you much. Say her name. She doesn't care. Joe with your Mina Cop couple. What Mina Kago couple, couple YouTube channel. Do you know all her names? No, don't say them on here. Don't don't dox her. But yeah, she's got a lot. She's got. Yeah. I, I think her family converted religions or something, and then she got more names from that yeah, process. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, you gotta collect them all. Yeah, I'm. I'm so happy for that. Her fiance, Japanese fiance, has remembered all of her names. I hope when she officially gets married, she just adds her fiance. Hyphenates yeah, it. Yeah, oh my god! Stop it right now! Stop it right now! Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> number three is guarantors. Okay, so explain this process. So, is this a thing in America? Because, like I said, I've never adulted in America. So, in general, the way that it, no, in general, the way that it works in America is that you have a credit check. They do a credit oh, check right, on you. Right, um, credit score. And if you have a bad credit score, or if some places do this, some places don't do this, but they do a credit score on you, 
or you just give a deposit if you have if you don't have like if you come from japan you obviously don't have a credit score right because uh, we don't have that system here which is good because the credit si score system is ridiculously horrible corrupted stupid shit but anyway um uh and so they you do a deposit that's one thing that you do but you don't ever usually need a guarantor unless you do like two signatures on the same lease but that's not really a guarantor it's just like two people are signing up but basically what it is is um they have a separate person that's not living in that household uh sign the official paperwork so that if for whatever reason you are unable to pay or you just don't pay your rent then the guarantor is responsible for paying the rent or paying for any damage that happens in the now house. the way that this traditionally worked is that that guarantor if you were a college student would be your parents but if you were an employee the uh the company would be the guarantor so for most most of my employees our company is the guarantor for the the, the, the on this on the lease for your apartment um now that's fine but in tokyo in bigger areas um that foreigners come in and they, the companies don't want to be their guarantors and so they especially if they're like a non-traditional japanese company or maybe they are a traditional japanese company and they don't want to guarantee a foreigner or something like that and so the person this foreigner person who has no family oh and they have to be japanese that's the other thing about these guarantors mm -hmm. they almost always have to be japanese so like if you don't have a guarantor it's really hard to find a place so that that can be a challenge yeah i mean i'm lucky enough that when i was living in tokyo my dad was mm. my guarantor but yeah because he's a japanese citizen right right sometimes i'll accept a foreign guarantor um i one of our former colleagues uh one of our, my former employees he when he switched jobs he got one of his friends at his office to be a guarantor i mean like where we are because there's it's not like the hectic problems of tokyo and osaka and stuff like that most of the, our japanese friends would just gladly sign for us and stuff like that i mean at, when i had to get a guarantor for the first uh uh facility that we made the school in um it was quite a high rent uh and so they wouldn't accept because they they, they kind of check the background or the income or something like that of your guarantor and they'll reject them sometimes yeah and so i couldn't find because i was still very young i was like 24 or something like that when i started the school and uh, I couldn't find somebody to guarantee the uh, the lease. And then randomly, one of my not even close friends, I don't even see him anymore. Fukusan, you are the fucking MVP. He's like, I'll be your guarantor. Just like sitting next to me. He's like, I'll do it. And I was like, Namai kire? I was like, do you have a good, I guess the English equivalent, like a good credit history? Mm. And he was like, yeah. And he just like stamped his income and we got approved for the lease. Nice. That's why we have, that's one of the other reasons why we have a business is, you know, Fukuchan, you're the MVP, man. Thank you. All right, continue. Anyways, the last one is uh, the main or the last kind of troublesome thing is the property owners themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, like we mentioned before, the property owners have like a bit of say in who they allow in and who they don't allow in, but they also have a lot of say in what rules they have for the household. So yeah. I think like in uh, America, they might be like, oh, no pets allowed or no smoking, stuff like that. In Japan, most places are no pets allowed. Yeah. Uh, that's changing recently. Okay. It's starting to change recently. Um, and that's because basically uh, the marriage rate is down. And so like... Um, a like, lot more people are getting pets. Yeah. Like my little brother. He's like, I'm not getting married. I'm going to get cats. I got a cat. And our, my building actually went from no pets to pets okay while I was living there. 
So mm-hmm. they gave us all the notice. They're like, from next week, if you want a pet, they just Go changed. Yeah. But anyways, in Japan, property owners can legally refuse to rent to anyone for any reason. And that can even come to things like racial, cultural, societal differences. So if they like, if you wear your shoes in the house and they don't like that, they can just say, get out of here. So, um, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's starting to get better now, but there used to be in like bigger places, Tokyo and stuff like that, when they've had problems with foreign people before, because look, let's just be honest. Like a lot of times when you get these, especially in Japan, when you get these like racist stereotypes, there's probably a reason for it. I mean, I was an idiot foreigner before I became mature. And so like, you know, gaijin smash is a, is a phrase. What does it mean? It means like, I don't want to abide by the custom rules here. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing. And so, if you're a property owner and maybe you got burned by, you know, like an American, for example, mm-hmm. and, you know, they skipped out on the country and left you with a mess and they didn't pay their last month's rent and all that other stuff, then maybe you don't want to deal with that again. And so you say, no, they, Americans. so no, no, it would be like on the advertisement for the property that like no pets, you know, no, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then like soto, the, the kanji for outside, mm-hmm. it'd be like, no, basically no gaijin. Yeah. That's a thing. It's still a thing today. You can, you can find it it's becoming less a thing because I think that property owners are realizing that assholes come from all races. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but yeah, that is a thing. Um, and so it actually happened uh, to one of my friends here in Kagoshima not too long ago. He was looking for an apartment and he called the realtor and found an apartment online. And then like they called him up and they're like, no foreigners, sorry. It was a shitty ass place. So fuck that place anyways. But yeah, it is a thing. Uh, I I never had to really d- deal with that, but I did have to have a very long meeting with uh, all of the prop- business properties that I've rented because they're like, who are you? And so I had to sit down in a suit and have a long meeting with the business owner and talk about you know who I am and what I wanted to do. And so I think that if I was another person, maybe not able to speak Japanese, maybe not able to understand the culture as well, I think maybe... It, I wouldn't have been able to rent maybe some of these places, but we never had a problem. And I also, and I also, also always came with the Japanese staff. You know, she would like do the talking, you know. I think that fear is probably just like they're making sure you're not Yakuza or something. Because like uh, I have heard accounts where they Yakuza use a foreigner as kind of like a puppet to do yeah. bad things. So mm-hmm. they might be using foreigners to sign for paperwork and stuff like that so that they can use them as a scapegoat. There's, I mean, some of the, <clears throat> some of this stuff is just... Um, inexperience for example when i got a business loan from the local bank here they'd never loaned to a foreigner before for any reason and they were like are you? i was like hi <laughs> i want to expand my business that's doing very well can you give me some money and they're like what your name doesn't fit in the form <laughs> <laughs> are you mr mitsa <laughs> yeah, so it literally took them like a year to get the whole thing processed and it was like the entire time like my my vp she kept saying god damn this country needs to fuck she's japanese she kept saying this country needs to get updated and it was really it was frustrating but yeah it, it, we worked it out i so my advice to anybody who's like looking for a, an apartment and they run into like hurdles smiling being friendly and b- being able to say a couple of key phrases in polite japanese will get you a million miles yeah. don't don't be discouraged yep so now would you add anything else to this um I mean, I haven't had any trouble with like the actual building owners or anything like that. I would just say like, like it's expensive moving in Japan and we, 
brought it up uh last time when we talked about me moving but oh did i i i didn't mention that i cut my foot oh yeah 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 well, long story short i like after i'm, the, I'm the on a episode, no wait, wait i'm on a boat again okay i'm out fishing yeah. right and i get a fucking text message and i was i was like oh shit mitch i think i Cut my toe in half. Oh, fuck. It really hurts. Help. He's like, what should I do? I was like, go to a hospital. I'm fucking can't help you. <laughs> no, you answered me like three hours later. Too. Because I was, I was, I was operating a boat at sea. <laughs> anyway. So after that episode, the last time I was on, I was like, oh yeah, I'm moving tomorrow. I like went home to clean my house and I like moved my kitchen stuff to the floor. Cause like I didn't have any like furniture. Yeah. yeah. And then I kicked the blade of my food processor. <laughs> Don't be too graphic. Cause some people can't handle this kind of stuff. And Long story Long short. Long story short, I had to go to the hospital and get stitches and but I'm okay. I'm getting the stitches out tomorrow, assuming nothing bad happens again. Yeah, please don't <laughs> do that. So yeah, uh number five, don't kick food processors. Anyways, let's move on. Uh no, I want I have a hot take about my my Fudosan. Uh my realtor. Okay. I just I, I hate Japanese realtors. I hate them. They suck, they suck, they suck. I hate them. And the reason why I hate them is because they're slow, they're arrogant, they're like pushy. Anyway, my realtor is if you're listening to this, you're not because you don't understand English. But um, <laughs> my realtor is awful. I fucking uh, the building next to my building was being demolished. Okay, and because of the 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 rocking and the earth, like the the moving effects. I mean, because it's all on the same. We're all in the same bedrock, right? All the all the buildings are bored down in the same bedrock. So when they're destroying a giant concrete building, it's shaking the fuck out of my building. Okay, and I'm on the top floor, so it really shakes. Anyway, all of that shaking cracked my my sliding door on my balcony, which is covered by insurance if something like this happens, okay? I reported to them that this happened in December of last year. It is now May. What well, will be May? And it is May. It's the first. May. Yeah, my mom's birthday. And it's still not fixed. Really? They kept, every time I fucking called them, they're like, it's going to happen next week. So I keep anticipating that I, so truth be told, I, I, I don't care anymore. I made some modifications in my apartment that I'll, I'll revert back. That's kind of not probably cool. I don't know what anyways, but like, so I, I keep having the stress about them coming into my apartment, right? But they never come. So I just given up on them. And then they sent me a, and I forgot about this because I would say that it's been half a year. And then um, they sent me a, a letter the other day. They're like, it's going to cost this amount of money, but we're covering it by insurance. I'm like, don't tell, tell me how much to just fucking fix it. What's wrong with you people? That seems very passive aggressive. Yeah, they don't. Because every time I go in there, I don't like the two companies in Japan that I walk into their office and I have a frumpy attitude. Can you guess the other one? One is a realtor. Can you guess the other company? Uh, the DMV. No, 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 no. Company, 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 company. A company. That takes fucking forever and pisses me off. Cell phone companies. Oh. You go to Docomo, you go to uh, whatever the other ones are, SoftBank or whatever, and it's just like a three-hour ordeal. It doesn't need to be that long. I've not ever had too many problems. Well, now that I, I had a friend that worked at Docomo and I just like did everything through her, it was yeah. fine, but then she moved to Fukuoka because she got married. Cause was... Selfish. Selfish. Talk about... <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that's, I hate Japanese cell phone companies. They also require a bunch of documentation. You can't get burner phones in Japan. They, they require all this crazy amounts of documentation. I guess that's a good thing. Anyway. Why are you trying to get a burner phone? I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. No. Anyway, okay, so. <laughs> it's been like an hour and we went through one article. It's okay. We don't have that many today. Uh, so Japan Kitano gets Lifetime Achievement Award in, in Italian Film Festival. So if you guys don't know who this is, 
I I know who, I didn't know who this guy was the guy from Takeshi's Castle. But anyway, his name and is Battle Royale. In Battle Royale. But this guy his name is Beat Takeshi Takashi and uh, Takeshi. And you'll know him from every Yakuza movie because he's like the boss in every Yakuza movie. I think he was in a couple of American movies as well. Probably. Anyway, and I didn't know this, but like he's super popular in Italy. And it says here in this article, many Italian film fans had grown up with his movies. The biggest Kitano fa uh, film fan club is in Italy. Really? Big? Yeah. It's bigger than Japan, yeah. Japan? That's crazy. So he, yeah, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award in fucking Italy. Isn't that crazy? Hey, good for him. I wonder what American movies do. I, I yeah, saw, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, there was a couple. So if you guys don't know what Takeshi's Castle is, it's the thing that was dubbed into. I don't remember the English name of it. Uh, MXC Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. That's what it was. That whole show, they didn't even bother translating it. What they did is they just took the visuals and put a bunch, a couple of like uh, comedians with microphones in a room and just like said a bunch of stupid shit. And they spliced episodes together, so there was like no like there were no contestants that were in the beginning part that. Yeah, they just like they. It was just it was just garbage. They basically was like, and the actual Japanese show was like it was like um it was like Gladiator where they had these challenges to go from like run up a hill while rocks are falling at them and stuff like that. But it was just hilarious because it's mostly like not physically fit Japanese people doing shit that they have no business doing, like falling into water and shit like that. That show is hilarious. I, I you can't it make I that show now. It's too risky. <laughs> yeah. Do you find the American movies in? I, I I just found a list of all the movies he's in. Oh, but he, he, I think he's in. Movie. I think he's in some uh, Netflix stuff or whatever. But yeah, you guys know him. He's got one kind of like droopy eye because I think he had a car accident or something like that. But he just looks like the Yakuza boss in every movie he's in. Well, maybe someday he'll be in a film that's written by an AI, like oh, the are, first. Did you just segue? I did. Can you spell the word segue? Uh, is it? S-E-G-W-A-Y? No. How do you spell segue? You'll, you'll find out after the show. He's going to learn something after the show. All right, continue. <clears throat> Anyways, first film written by Japanese AI bot takes movie making to next phase. So apparently it's a movie. It's a movie called Boy Sprouted, a 26-minute short written by the AI Urukoto <clears throat> and directed by Yuko Watanabe. And it will feature a lineup of a bunch of uh, people in it, but the story centers on a boy and his particular dislike of tomatoes, prompting his mother to go to great lengths to make him eat them. But little does she know, her son has a plant literally sprouting from his back, an idea that the AI, Furukoto, cultivated itself. So, have you ever seen those scripts that were written by AI? So, every now and then on Reddit, you'll there's artwork that pops up like they have AIs out there, bots out there that can make original artwork. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they pop up in the subreddit creepy or, you know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. there's creepy pasta. There's a lot of, there's a lot of AIs out there now that are doing things that are incredibly human. Like I remember when Google, uh, they, they debuted their assistant and they had this, this AI call and make a, uh, if I just, I'm not going to say, hey and then the g world because that's just rude it's gonna activate everybody's little things oh i activated my own google home pod by listening to this podcast at home really how dumb am i <laughs> anyway uh so the google released the home assistant or they deb debuted it i forgot when this was like eight years ago and like the they're like hey call and make an appointment at my beautician for this time at this time blah blah, blah whatever and so it, they had a real live recording of this bot calling up a human 
saying, hi, I'd like to make her an, uh, an appointment on oh, Wednesday yeah, yeah, for like yeah, six. I've heard this. And like the person on the, on the human said, can you hold on for a second? And the butt was like, mm -hmm. uh -huh. and I was just like, everybody just got creeped out by that. And then like this bot successfully made a, a reservation for a haircut. Yeah. With no, with one person being a human, the other person not being a human, but the, the non, the human not knowing that it was a non-human. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what else is crazy? Through AI upscaling and like all that other stuff, there there's a new technology coming out that can you feed the AI a bunch of your voices, your voice recordings, and then you can in post if you said the wrong thing, mm -hmm. you can just type out what you want the person to say and the AI will fake it. Have you seen those uh those AI what do you call it? Voiceover programs that they have nowadays. Well, then, they, but they're 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 going to kick this into like Premiere. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's cool that you can do that with your own voice. Then, but yeah. like there are a bunch of programs now that make uh, AI voices for like narration and stuff like that. Oh no no yeah and yeah. Some of them are like really good. They have great like intonation and like yeah. Yeah, yeah pacing and stuff. Yeah, and there'll be times where I'll be watching a YouTube video and I'll be like it'll be like fifteen minutes and I'm like wait this is a this is a robot voice. Yeah, like one word will be a little be fucked. a little weird. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is a robot. But like nowadays they're getting so real that you can't really tell. Have you seen, I think he's on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Have you seen the Tom Cruise deep fake? Oh, you sent it to me, I think. If you yeah. guys, we'll put a link maybe in the, in the video description. There is a deep fake guy. He sounds like Tom Cruise. And like he just, it's just some dude who, I don't, I don't think I've actually seen his real face. But he deep fakes Tom Cruise's face over his face. And it looks 100% real. And he makes him do weird things. So it just looks like Tom Cruise is doing crazy shit all the time. Is it this guy? Yeah, it's that dude. And it's just like, you can't tell he's not actually Tom Cruise. It's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, deep fake. It is, scares the fuck yeah, out of me. Yeah, I was going to say, is one piece of new technology that like actually kind of scares me. So now, so my, one of my friends was talking about this in a bar the other day. Imagine deep fake plus VR plus porno industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that already exists, right? It exists in Star Trek when they have the, the what do they call it? The holodeck, which I'm not going to get onto that. That's a different podcast. But anyway, so yeah, that's scary that that fucking AI wrote a story. Yeah. And I was talking to, I have a friend who's a PhD and does AI for Amazon. I think he listens to the show. And I was having a, I was having a conversation with him and I was like, there's no way, this was like a year ago. I was like, there's no way an AI can do anything creative. And he looked at me and he's like, why do you say that? Because he's way smarter than me. He's like, why do you say that? I was like, I don't know. It seems like it's something that an AI can't do. I mean, repetition is like what AIs do. He goes, a story can just be broken down to its fundamental blocks and you feed that to a computer and it figures it out and it just recombines blocks and blocks and blocks and it just makes a new story. And I was just like, I hate you. You're scaring me. Don't do your job anymore. But anyway, speaking of AI, there's a Japan firm that has developed an AI system to catch shrine box thieves. Oh, like people who steal money from shrines? Uh, so yeah, so there's like, if you go to a shrine before you enter, like, or when you get to the shrine itself, I should say, there's like a little box that you throw your goal in, your five yen, mm -hmm. in, or whatever you want to put in there, and you pray. It's like a little don donation and you pray. Uh, and some people, because these are, some of these shrines are like... Some of them are not attended. They're just like out in the wilderness or like in a city or something. They're unattended. And so sometimes people will steal from them. And so 
instead of having a camera that records everything all the time and then having somebody review all that footage, which is, you know, going to be more expensive than the cost savings of stopping the criminal. Yeah. There, there is a firm that developed is developing an AI to figure out when people are stealing and just report that video to the owner. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Crazy. Continuing with the robot AI theme, JR, which is my favorite fucking company. I always talk about them. JR West, especially, uh, has de designed a new, uh, basically it's a, it's a humanoid robot that does construction work that's operated via VR. And if you, we'll put a picture of this in the, in the video podcast on YouTube. But if you, it looks like a buffed out Johnny Five. How old are you again? I turned 30 this year. You don't know Johnny Five? Johnny Five is, it's called Short Circuit. It was a movie from the, I think the 90s, maybe the 80s. There's one and two. Johnny Five, I'm alive, or whatever he says. I don't remember. It was a long ass time ago. Anyway, um, or if you don't know that, the one thing that Japanese people are comparing it to is, and I don't know this anime, called Pal, Pat, Pat Labor. Pato Dabo. I don't know. Pat, Pat Labor is what it's called. And there's like these, and this is a, I'll just read it. Um, it. It was a franchise with giant robots that are primarily constructed, construction equipment known in universe as laborers. Um, and so the Twitter feeds were going like real world laborer, like, and we finally getting a labor style humanoid robot, blah, 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 blah. But in that anime franchise, the, the laborers like led to labor crime and the need for law enforcement to have giant robots of their own. So it might be a good idea to not do this. Uh, the movie is from 1986, so I was negative six years old. I don't like you. But uh, segueing <laughs> off of anime... Segueing that word that nobody can spell. Uh, manga sales have skyrocketed yeah. for the second year in a row. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, I feel like I've gone through a lot more books, mostly like digitally, though, like audiobooks in the last couple of years because I'm not talking to people as much. <laughs> I'm lonely. I'm not lonely. But according to the National Publishing Association of the <clears throat> Institute of Publishing Science, that's a long name, the rapid growth uh, that the manga industry has seen since the, 2020, uh, the year 2020 is largely being attributed to the global pandemic, which is a word that I shouldn't say in the podcast. Yeah, you know, because so, there's an AI with Google, okay, that, for YouTube, and they go through all of the words in your, in your show. And then they, they, they transcribe them and then they search them for, for certain loaded words. And then they don't recommend your video to other people if you have a bunch of words that they don't like in there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll replace those words with maybe pineapple. Pineapple! Uh, for, the rest of this, uh, for the rest of this article. But because of pineapple <laughs> uh, and the smash hit a series Demon Slayer or Kimetsu no Yaiba, which I still have no... I just know the, what the characters look like because they're everywhere, but I don't know anything about the plot. I've watched it. Is it good? It's, it's like a typical shonen shows. There's a lot of like fighting and powering up and stuff like that. But the one kind of like surprising thing to me, because I only watch it because all of my kids' students watch it and I, I like to watch their shows so that I can talk to them about it. There are like... There's like a four-year-old girl who's like, I love this show. And I watch it. <clears throat> and then in like the second episode, they cut off somebody's head. 
I'm just like, oh, what I just the don't heck? like gory shit like that. What I'm really into right now is it's like the inner gay boy in me loves this new TV <laughs> show that's on Disney Plus called, uh, and it's on t- normal TV. It's called Dansu Dansu Dansa, I think is what it's called. And dance, it's like, dance, dance. It's, it's a boy who wants to be a, ball- a ballet dancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're telling me about that. that it's really good. good. It's super good. I love it. It, it. Like, there was a giant poster for it in Shibuya. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, Apparently, the digital sales of manga has increased by 20.3%, bringing in 411 billion yen, roughly $3.2 billion. That's crazy. Just in manga sales. Oh, so I I went to, in in Tokyo, I forgot the name of it. I went to this dungeon for Otaku, um, and it's like, it's so big. It just goes on. It's called Mandarake, Mandarake. It's the Shibuya store. It's like, it's all like, it's a otaku's paradise, basically. And I posted it on Instagram, but it's like, it was the biggest basement store I've ever seen in my entire life. I got completely lost in it. And it's nothing but m- used manga and figurines everywhere. And all the people in there are otaku. And I just loved it. I don't know. I didn't buy anything, but I just like, was like, I was like people watching. Mm. And it was really interesting. Anybody, if you ever go to Shibuya, check it out. It's, 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 uh, it's an experience. Have you read any manga ever? No. I've never read a comic book or a manga before. I think I maybe read... No, 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 I take that back. I read some Crayon Shinshan when I was learning Japanese as like a... Uh, to, you know, practice. Mm. I think maybe a little Doraemon or something like that. But like n- n- more like the... What do you call it? The Not the long format ones, but just like... like the four panel comics. Four panel, yeah, just the quick ones. Yeah, the the old style manga. Yeah. Like, like Sazai-san and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I never got into any of that. Like I know my little brother likes... Uh, liked one piece and was really into that mm. but i just i don't know i never got into any of that stuff okay. I, I do you read manga not anymore i did in high school mm. i read like hunter hunter and death note was my favorite there was a guy i forgot his name but he learned six languages or something like that through one piece really yeah so what he did is he like first learned the japanese series mm-hmm and then he like switched over to this like i think german or something like that version of one piece and that's how he learned to speak so many languages through the manga or the anime the, i think it was the manga maybe it's the anime i don't remember but anyway yeah he was and like he was talking to people in different languages on some podcast somewhere and i was just like holy crap that's weird but yeah uh, i i know people that consume manga foreign people that consume manga in japanese are generally a lot better you know written and, and reading and stuff like that and then you know but the there's a TikToker that does this. There's a bunch of words that they use in anime and manga that don't exist in real world. They don't say. Right. Ore, 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 ore. No one. I say that when I'm drunk because I'm L- stupid. Little kids say it. Like. Well, like grown stupid a- men elementary say Elementary school. Uneducated grown men say it too. Um, or if you're trying to fight somebody, like Japanese guys get really guttural. Like, kora. They say like, kora. And yeah. stuff like that. But like. I say ore because it's okay. So, so the word for me for a boy, you can say watashi. You can actually say atashi if you're feminine. You can say atashi, watashi. You can say boku or you can say ore. I think that's all of them. Or you can say watakushi. Watakushi, yeah, that's like the really formal one. Yeah. You can also say, you can also say like, uh, anyway. So, uchi, you can uchi, like my side or whatever. Uchi is more for like my, right? Not really. Yeah, for... yeah, I guess. Okay, anyway. So, there's a lot of ways to say me in, in, in Japanese. Um, and ore is generally a like very rough way of saying me. It's not clean. I would never say it to, if I'm in a business set situation, I would never say ore. I wouldn't even say boku. Maybe boku. 
but I would usually just say watashi. Um, if and, you're trying to be very formal, then yeah, yeah. watashi or watakushi. But in anime, it's everything's extremes on all sides. So they'll right. say like omae, which means you, which is the one of the rudest ways that you can say you. Yeah, you don't want to say that. <laughs> I do kind of do say that it, dep it depends on the situation it's really it's, compli it's complicated you you get in trouble a little bit sometimes mostly from like your friends and stuff when you when you drink and then you start speaking japanese they're all like mitch you're talking like a, a elementary school boy no 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 they tell me that i talk like a sailor uh no it's because because it, it, what it, the problem is is i hang i hang out with so many different socioeconomic groups that some of them are like Ore, ore, ore. And some of them are like, watashi, watashi, watashi. And so, like, when I mix that, is a problem. Yeah. But yeah, but everybody just, they just like, whatever. It's just mid. He's being drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. So, here's uh, world's oldest person. This is actually a big headline. World's oldest person passes away at 119 years old, just months before she was going to turn 120, which was a lifetime goal of hers, apparently. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, so. There is like, so she, she, since she was 116, so she, she held this title for three years. Uh, Kane Taka Tanaka. She, uh, she lived for in Fukuoka. You know, that's the weirdest thing about this is like when she's like, when she gets number one, right? She's like, I'm the oldest person in the world. Like everybody is younger than her. Like she was the, she was the, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's just so weird. I mean, think about it, like every other human. I mean, the weird thing about that I think is like if you are the oldest person alive, then every single person that was alive when you were born is now dead. Yeah. That's the weird way to think of All it. All of them. You can also think like Have you ever watched an old movie or old TV show and you're like, I wonder how many people are these are like not around anymore? Well, I mean, laugh tracks are from like the 60s or something like that yeah most so, of them are so all away. those people have probably passed away yeah that's weird to think creepy. about creepy <laughs> all those laughs <laughs>, laughs well i mean like i mean it's just something that happens i mean um children of men played with this a little bit because they were like the youngest person in the world that was part of the children of men's like you couldn't have like babies anymore was like the plot like, babies okay, stopped I don't know what this anyway is. it's a movie that babies stopped being a thing it, it was like a it was like a sci-fi plot of like a twilight zone or something like that from in the past and they made it into a movie basically anyway and so like since babies stopped being born across the world uh the they were like the youngest person the last born human was like famous and like a childhood star and like like harassed and stuff like that and then when that person died from some reason i forgot what it was in the movie they were like and now then the youngest person in the world is this person and they're like showing it on the news and everything it's horrible that movie is so depressing but there is one really cool continuous shot in that movie of like this bot battle scene i think they cheat and cut it but it was like one of the first movies to do like a continuous long shot of a complicated scene mm. so anyway but yeah so i don't know i think the with her death the oldest human is now lucille random see i always talk about french people french people and japanese pe people live for fucking ever it used to be like i think before like the oldest person in the world was like some french woman who smoked cigarettes every day anyway so uh, a French nun known as Sister Andre, age 118, according to the whatever this research group is. So, yeah. They have, Japan has 86,510 centarians, so people over 100 years old. My grandma turned 90 this year. That's crazy. Do you want to live that long? I mean, if I'm... Healthy, right? If I'm healthy, then yes. If I'm like not able to move for 
any amount of time, like more than a year, then just like goodbye. There was this like body locked guy who's like, he's, he was conscious and aware of things going on, but he couldn't move. So he couldn't communicate with anybody. So they, they put a chip in his brain basically. So he could like spell sentences, but it took him forever. And like one of the very first things he said is like, I want a beer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go on. You got two more fun stories. Let's do them. So the first one is, uh, this is a, an article from Sora News 24. And it's called uh, We Eat a Canned Omelet from a Japanese Vending Machine. We'll put a picture of this And up. hope for the best. So the Japanese language reporter Mr. Sato likes to think of canned food as secret treasure boxes. And so they found a new one in an old vending machine in Tokyo's Inokashira Park that was stocked with unusual items like canned bread, bread and canned crickets. So this particular can is the japanese rolled omelet tamagoyaki and also uh the dashi one what, what is that called dashi dashi is just ja- dashi man but it's like dashi maki or whatever the uh, dashi maki yeah. yeah and how what first off would you ever try a canned omelet from a vending machine so on tv for tv they made me do a japanese vending machine so crazy man like section yeah. and uh, like like there was a, there was a crepe vending machine that vended crepes in little jars. Yeah, I mean we have that in Temple Con, right? That, that's oh, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, um, that one's not so bad. I mean they stock it daily, so yeah. And the, but that is actually uh, famous throughout the country. Like otaku, there's vending machine otaku that come to like experience it. And no, no, they they write the owner a little letter and put it in the returned oh, jar and say thank you. That's cute. Uh, there's also like a ramen vending machine. And there's like a curry rice vending machine. It's all this crap. And then one of the vending machines that I did, I, they had a bunch of ca- weird canned stuff in it. Um, and I forgot what it was. But yeah, the, I don't know. There's canned whole chicken in America. Yeah, in America. And apparently it's good. I've never actually had it, but I heard it's actually good. I don't know. I don't know. I've also heard of canned bread, but like... I don't know. My mind can't fathom <laughs> what canned bread is. I don't think we need that. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes, you know, people, containers for me are like a thing that I notice. Like in, I think it's Canada and parts of Europe, they have milk in a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. And there's a reason for that. I forgot what it was, but it's, you, you look at it and you're just like, wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. You know, it's just not associated with that container. Yeah. Cans and bread. Yeah. They're just not the right container for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't know. And then with tamagoyaki, so I, I thought this was going to be horrible. But then when I looked at the picture, it actually didn't look that bad. Yeah, the pictures actually looked pretty good. And according to this reporter, it was so good that if he thinks that if you did a blind taste test with a normal uh, dashi uh, tamagoyaki, you, the person probably wouldn't be able to guess which one was the real one or the non-can one. Yeah, I couldn't tell the, the difference. One. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, what's the use case for it? What do you need it for? Well, how long is it good for in the can? That might be the oh. use case, right? What would you do with it, though? Have you ever been to, like, NASA or whatever, and they give you, like, the space ice cream, the freeze-dried no. ice cream? No. No, you're from Hawaii. You're... But well, anyway. I mean, like, do you have a bunch of canned food at home? I, I have a, an emergency kit that's full of like, oh, right. canned food. I was, going something, like I was going somewhere with that container thing. So in Japan, they have a bunch of things that should be in cans in my brain. Like, for example, kidney beans. Oh, yeah. They put them in plastic bags. Yeah. And like, 
olives too. Yeah, Olive and they're spices. small. Yeah. And they're in plastic bags. And I'm yeah. like, why? Like it it doesn't with, it's like no. With, with like the liquid in it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, like beans should be in a can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get that. And like, cause like I was trying to do something for my diet. I was like, I'm going to do an all vegetable diet. And I was looking at protein sources and like beans. beans. And then I was like, I look at the, the supermarket and it's like, I have to buy 7 million little plastic bags. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Anyway, what's your last story? And then I want to rant about something completely, completely non-Japanese related. Okay, it's going to be a two hour episode this week, folks. No. So our last article from Soda News 24 is new wet potato chip revolutionizes the snack industry in japan guys did you hear what you just said wet potato chip okay continue what does this mean oh sounds disgusting so japanese snack companies are always looking for new and exciting ways to tantalize am i saying that that's right, right. That's a word that I, i've which only which language read. do we want to use today josh <laughs> tantalize. this is a word that i always read but i never actually reuters said. reuters so many young people don't know that that word is not reuters it's reuters okay did you know that? No. Okay. Reuters. Sorry. Uh, tantalize our taste buds. Now the country's leading potato chip maker, Halby, is changing the game entirely by taking the crunch out of their potato chips with a new... So that was fun. Our audio just like burned out. And the reason why is because we had an hour-long, really fun Q&A session with our patrons before this, and it killed the batteries in one of our devices. Yeah. Anyways, so if you guys want to be a Patreon and hang out with, or pay, what do you call them? Patrons? Patrons. Patron. You yeah. to, if you guys want to, want to be a pa patron, again, plugging, there'll be a link in the description. So continue with your wet potato chips. Maybe we can buy new batteries with. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the new potato chip is taking the crunch out of potato chips by making them wet with the nude jaga, which translates to wet potato. What do you think about that? I think it's disgusting. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, out myself a little bit but i actually hate crunchy food what? when i eat cereal i pour the milk and i let it sit for like five minutes before i eat you're not human when i eat potato this is, chips this is the ai test this is how we test to see if you're an ai when i eat a potato you're chip failing i put it in my mouth and i let it sit in my saliva for a minute before i chew it up so these potato chips are for me you're a disgusting thing. I would eat these. I literally chew ice every single morning. Yeah, I could not do that. Because I like the crunchy sound. You're a monster. I <laughs> annoy everyone around me while I'm chewing my ice every morning with my iced coffee. Yeah. I literally suck on potato chips until they're mush. Oh, God. You're so weird. Okay. Anyway. So here's a completely non-Japanese related rant. So I went to Tokyo, right? And I downloaded a bunch of videos for my to watch on my phone. Mm -hmm. right and one of them was like it just came up as a suggestion it's like lost the tv show a yeah. retrospective and i was like fucking sweet somebody did a retrospective and it's just like three, there's two of them part one part two and they're both an hour long i love retrospectives by the way and like i was like watching it is super in depth so the first one was super in depth it had all these clips for everything and then like it ended on like season two at that one so there's part two right it's uh -huh. like seven seasons of lost or something like that and then part two, I load it up and it's just a still image. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm not going to have any video clips in this one because it takes a long time. So I'm just going to talk. So it's just talking. And I was like, oh, fucking lazy. But whatever. At least it's like I get to revisit the whole series. And he's telling the story because I forgot the story a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he ends it in season five or something like that. And then just there's no part three. And I was a little frustrated, but I was like, whatever. One day this will come out and it'll be fine. Then I get recommended on YouTube for another from a 
I think his name is Billish, 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 the YouTuber. He has a lost retrospective that's like three hours long. And I was like, this has got to be complete. And so like, I'm watching it and I'm getting down to like 15, 20 minutes to go to the end of the video. And he's still on like season one. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to be a complete retrospective. And he gets to the end of it. He's like, all right, guys, I'm going to make a sequel to this and finish the show at some point in the future. So now I'm super frustrated because it's like watching half of Lost because the retrospective goes through all the plot lines and the characters and everything. Right. But I don't have like the payoff of getting to the end of it. And I'm like, what? Why? You guys, just make your fucking retro. Ah. So I'm like. Well, maybe they have a Patreon and you can support them. No, both of them have like millions of like subs, man. They're, oh, okay. they're not like us. They're fine. They're not small time. They're big guys. But although the, I think his name is Billyish. He kept like, throughout the, the video, he kept having like, I have mental problem issues. I need to go to therapy. I was going to therapy and he keeps talking about this. YouTubers have a very stressful life. I, yeah. I, I know some of the big ones in Japan and like their lives are hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people don't realize how hard it is to make like a one minute video. It takes a lot more than a minute to make a minute long video. Yeah, it does. And so it's, it's, I mean, we do production, right? I mean, yeah. our, our, our main job is Akaiwa school on one company and then yeah. other companies production. We do, you know, commercials for TV and we make do a lot of YouTube, YouTube and stuff like that. And you know, for, for seven minute video, it can take weeks. Yeah. You know, and so it, it takes a long time, but, um, but you know, it's, it's always, and these shows also take more than just an hour to film. We have to research them. We have to do them, edit them, upload them. And you know, this is one of the. Okay. So speaking of production, we just ran out of batteries yet again. So we had to switch audio <laughs> sources, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard job to make things, you know, for, for, especially those, those retrospectives. Like, I mean, like I get it. Like the dudes spend hundreds of hours researching there's a lot of behind the scenes information in uh, in those shows that you just don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, on top of that, he's got to like write the script. He's got to film himself doing it, do takes of it. I mean, it just takes forever to do anything like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I might have mentioned this to you, but I started working on a uh, not really a podcast. It's kind of a podcast, a D and D themed uh, podcast with our friend Jake. Yeah. Uh, so I'm writing the scripts for that. And he's like reading it out and stuff. And I thought it would be really kind of easy to do because I'm fairly knowledgeable about D&D. And like, so I thought I could just write up a script. It took me a long time to like write things out to make it just right. Yeah. Just for like one episode that was like a 30 minute episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just takes a long time to do this stuff. And so, so one of another YouTuber that I really, really like is called Defunct Land. It's uh, basically the history behind all these rides and attractions at uh, Disneyland and other theme parks. And on top of that, they also go over like children's TV shows from the past. And it's just really cool. If you guys have never seen Defunct Land, check it out on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a pretty good show. Um, they go over the Disney Fast Past, like where that came mm. from, how it evolved and stuff like that. And they're super interesting. I don't know how he finds the photos. He finds all these like like historical photos behind all this stuff, and it's really cool. But anyway, you could just, you look at one of those, and you just think that takes a long time to do. And this show, uh, even though you said it's like one of the easier things that we do, it does take you know a few human beings working you know a full day to make it work. Uh, and we do this show just because we'd like to do it. We enjoy doing it. Yeah. We started doing the show because we had a radio show that right. was paired with this show, and we would simul record both of them. Mm -hmm. um and then the radio show split off and became a different radio show that i'm still on 
and I'm on there every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, but we wanted to continue this podcast slash YouTube, you know, video podcast, whatever. Yeah, because we had fun with it. It was in, it was interesting, and so we rebranded to Small Talk Japan, and we were talking about today with our patrons, but like, um, you know, it kind of just evolved, and so really, what I think the concept of the show is like, you know doing news of course but also getting all that backstory behind like the the cultural context yeah you know i i do mostly business economy current news uh alex does history stuff history and martial arts stuff natsuki gets informed by us about her own country and i am here and you're here you're present i'm present you're present when others aren't not just here you're present i am present <laughs> No, it's it's really fun to do the show, and like uh, we have to change the commercial for. I should we uh, we don't have time to film it today, but we should change the commercial. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just a fun show to do, and like uh, a lot of people who I think that you know I get comments and stuff like that. People who send me um, messages and stuff. A lot of foreigner people who live in Japan listen to the show as well, uh, because it's like uh, what what did one of our patrons say? It's cathartic or something like that. It's like his like every week he gets the you know it's his like medicine. So you know. Yeah, and we we've gotten a few nice comments recently on the YouTube side of things too. Yeah, and you know, dude, our audio podcast the numbers are way huge. I mean, like so much more downloads on the audio podcast. So we got, always have to remember that not everybody's looking at it. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for all your support. We really enjoy it. Yeah. All right, guys, that's been our show today. Uh, see you guys next week when we'll have I don't know Alex. Alex, maybe Natsuki? Natsuki. I don't know. Alex is having like a midlife crisis where he's just like, I'm quitting everything. Uh oh. And he quit a bunch of stuff and then volunteered for a bunch of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. You think Alex is my friend? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he always says that he has no friends to me, which means that I'm not well, his friend. I, I think there's going to be like a, like a, thinking of it as a story in a movie. You're going to hear that three times. And then on the third time, you're going to be like, I thought I was your friend. Then he's like, Nah, mate, you're more than my friend. You're family. And then you guys cry and hug. Is that the line from <laughs> Fast and the Furious? Oh. Uh, yeah, I keep saying family, right? Vince yeah, I, I've only seen the memes. I've, I've never actually. I, I've never seen those movies. <laughs> I've never seen those movies. Or is it called in Japan? What is it? Uh, Furious Speed. Fur I think it's called Wild Speed. Wild Speed. Wairudo Speed is what it's called. Movies have weirdly different names here, like uh, Biohazard. Well, is I'm, Resident there's, Evil. There's a whole reason for that. Why? It started as Biohazard the game in uh, Japan first because yeah. it was a Japanese game and they couldn't get the trademark for it in uh, America so they had to change it to something else and they liked the name Resident Evil. Oh, okay. So, whatever. Yeah. I don't like zombie movies. They gross me out. Even the one that was in Vegas that was supposed to be kind of like fun. Wasn't that like a stupid movie? Yeah, it's supposed to be stupid. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a horror fucking rock concert mosh pit of zombie i don't know whatever i don't like i don't i don't know gross stuff i don't do don't do gross yeah don't like zombie movies and you're fucking on potato chips before you eat them it's gross don't don't, don't become a zombie anyway guys that's <laughs> been our that's been our show today guys uh see you guys next week where we continue to do this ridiculous stuff see ya bye a big thank you to our patrons yan myler jen Spiral in Your Eyes, Justin Perkins, and Ellen. Thank you guys so much for your support. Couldn't do it without you.